This episode of Spread the Floor is brought to you by Joshua Sodder, designer and illustrator. The design world can be intimidating to navigate, and finding a high-quality designer who won't kill your budget can be super difficult. Fortunately, our friend Joshua Sodder provides a fantastic solution. Joshua has done tons of work for us here at Spread the Floor, including the design of our logo, as well as designs for our social media. He always listens to our ideas and requests, keeps in touch with us through the process, and gives us a ton of great options to choose from and work with. He's a true professional and goes above and beyond to collaborate with us on whatever project we have in mind. You can check out Joshua's work for yourself by going to joshuasodder.com and browsing through his portfolio. He's done some incredible work for Kent State University's Apple Store, startups and agencies all across the country, and podcasts like Mad About Movies. Check out joshuasodder.com or his Instagram at joshuathedesigner and hit him up for all your design and illustration needs, from logos to merchandise, branding to websites, and tell him we sent you. Thanks, Joshua. Now on to the show. Welcome into Spread the Floor, the world's first and only NBA podcast, probably. I am your host, Brian Gill, joined as always by the OJ Mayo to my Harold Miner. It's my co-host, Tobin Hodges. Tobin, how's it going, buddy? It's going good. I had a lot of OJ Mayo stock very early. I think the only person who was very similar that I had more stock in that did not go well was Shabazz Muhammad. Oh, man. I really love me some Shabazz. Him and OJ Mayo, man. That was like... I think we had Mayo whenever we were draft. Whenever Shabazz was in the draft, and I was like, "Let's get both of them." <laughs> and that did not. That was not a good choice. <laughs> I remember the year that Dallas uh, signed OJ Mayo and Darren Collison. Uh, I think they started that season like three and zero or like four and one, something like that. Things were going very well for the first week and a half or two of the season. And I was very chesty about it. I'll be honest. Like I was, I'm sure I was texting you, and I know I was texting Richard about like all the talent this team has, and look what they're able to do. And it's so nice now that Sean Marion has somebody who can provide a little defensive support to him because he's just having to do everything since Deshaun Stevenson left and everything. And now he's got there's Collison out there playing a little defense. Got Mayo playing a little defense. Within a week, I was like, well, this is terrible. This team's awful. Um, O.J. Mayo does not understand good basketball from bad basketball, and Darren Collison cannot throw an entry pass. So this is this is a dumpster fire. But I did like o- Mayo. I think Mayo's I one of those too. soft I spot guys I prefer him to me. Collison. I hate Darren Collison. I wish total Mayo's contract was pretty, was pretty fair, but yeah. also – way higher than it needed to be too so because <laughs> that was that i th- was it was either that off season or the one before where it was like every single player was getting right under the max like the harrison barneses were getting like yeah. 20 million a year and that was kind of that first off season and then then you know i i can't i you you can refresh my memory but that year that we got mayo was like after we kind of whiffed on a couple of things and i was like yeah. oh okay well it was it was uh i want to say mayo because they all run together um 13 was when we whiffed on Dwight Howard, okay? And that that turned into Monte Ellis and Jose Calderon. That, that Way group. better choices. And I think the, I think, I want to say 15 was was Mayo Collison. And, and they, they weren't making a ton of money. I want to say Mayo was on like a eight, one-year $8 million deal or something like that. They were, they were cheap. But like the guys that, you know my brain, I have like super, I can remember every player that, that played for the Mavs and 
90% of players that didn't, you know what I mean? Like I just, I, mm-hmm. I remember all that stuff. It's, it's engraved in my brain. Could not tell you a good chunk of the guys that were on that like three year run of the Mavs because it was just a, it was a turnstile. It was like, Oh, remember mm-hmm. when Elton brand was in Dallas for a year? Oh, right. I forgot. Chris Kamen. Yeah, Chris Kamen. <laughs> Can't forget Chris Kamen. But uh, like multiple stints for Samuel Dellenbear, you know. I mean, it's it's it was a dark dark few years. But uh, anyway, things are better now. We we have a, a beautiful Slovenian child who uh, is playing for our team now, and and things are things are looking up. But hey, we're not here to just talk about the Mavericks. Although we're always happy to do so if uh, if the listener will will entertain when us you, a little when bit. When you bring up Maverick great OJ Mayo, we have to take an aside. So <laughs> it's true. It's true. Just saying. Yeah, look, um, you got to do what you got to do. Here's what we got this week. So we're in a bit of a holding pattern with the league um, and the Players Association and also as a nation. Uh, That's that's super fun. We're all very familiar with being in a holding pattern right now, I think, as we record this on Wednesday evening and have no idea who the... uh, who the president of the United States will be tomorrow, so that's fun. And this episode um, is brought to you by Xanax, because so. everybody right. is super stressed out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't, you know, look, give everybody an extra amount of, uh, of grace over the next few days, because we are all tired. Every single person is just just exhausted. Um, super fun. But we don't know what's going to happen with the NBA. Now, we think we're going to know by tomorrow, at some, or, or I guess maybe Friday morning. We expect we're going to to hear and, and figure out what the the plan is for the league um, moving forward for the 2020-2021 season. Um, and I think we know what that's going to be, but who knows? There's always surprises that pop up along the way, so we'll, we'll just kind of play that by ear. So we're not quite totally sure yet, but what we're going to talk about tonight is uh, just for a few minutes, we're going to talk about, the, uh, about that plan, what we think the NBA is going to get through over the next few days, um, assuming the obviously the players' association, if they agree to it and whatnot, and we may talk a little bit about the finances of what the league looks like uh, moving forward, having lost about two billion dollars off of the revenue from what was expected last year due to the pandemic and not having gate revenue during the playoffs and all that sort of stuff. Let's talk about that a little bit. We're going to try to play some yes or no with uh, some veteran players around the league. Uh, just discussing whether or not we think they will be on the team that they are currently on once the season begins. And at the end of the episode, we are going to do our scouting for the week on uh, USC big man on Yeka Okonglu. And I don't want to spoil it, Tobin, but I think I am in love. I love this guy. So I'm excited to talk to you about him at the end of the episode. But like I said, right now, as it stands... Assuming the players sign off on all this, and I do think that that is a part of this discussion, Tobin, that we need to have here, Mm -hmm. whether or not the players uh, are going to sign off on it, and maybe even whether or not they are in the right to be uh, grumbly about (laughs) the the thing that they are potentially about to sign off on, but also the money, the monetary stuff. I I gave you some homework this afternoon. I said you need to listen to Simmons and Rosillo. I thought they had a really good conversation. We clown on Simmons all the time. But I will give him a lot of credit. I thought he and he and Rosillo had a very good conversation on yesterday's podcast regarding uh, the financial situation that the league finds itself in right now, um, mm-hmm. and that is a huge part. That's a huge part of the discussion on uh, the season and the decisions that have to be made for this upcoming year. I guess let's start with the players. Um, do you? Uh, 
part of the issue, I think it, we expected last week, maybe even the week before, I kind of expected that we would know what we're doing and the players have balked on the concept that has been pushed forward. Now, here's what I want to ask you, and I guess we can start with the conversation here. I have, it seems like over the last few days, it has become at le- clear, at least to me, that when we say the players are balking at this idea, what we really mean is LeBron James is balking at this idea. Where, where do you, as, as the resident LeBron fan <laughs> slash defender on this, this show, I, Am I being? Un- Let me ask you that. Do you think that's fair, or or do you have you have some other thoughts on on where we're we're headed with with all this? I think it's fair and not fair. I think it's fair in the sense that he's probably leading that that not probably he is leading that voice. <laughs> um, but I I do think that he has some valid argument as to why to be on that side, and also you can't ignore the best player in the game right now. Like that's, or, but you know, your, your ticket to the, you know, to the players right now, like he's, he is what drives the league. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how to feel about, it. I always feel weird about these kind of, I wouldn't consider this like a labor standoff cause it's very, very different circumstances, but I always feel weird about taking one side or the other, because I do feel like this is the classic, like, you really don't know the full story unless you're in the room and it's very easy to, to crack on, you know, owners because they, you know, this and because they make a billion dollars, but then it's easy mm-hmm. to crack on the players because, well, you're a millionaire playing a game, you know, which is all garbage, you know, opinions for the most part. But I feel like this has kind of turned into a situation where it's like, you know how like sometimes like you'll, you'll approach your, you know, wife with a, Hey, this this is something that's been bothering me, mm-hmm. and maybe we should talk about it. And then it ends up, and then she's like, "Oh, okay. Well, if you're going to bring that up, then I'm going to bring this <laughs> up." And then it ends up being, you know, a massive like thing of what is what uh-huh. just happened? Like, yeah. I feel like the NBA sure. is the husband uh-huh. going to the wife, <laughs> to going to the MBPA uh-huh. and saying. Hey, this is what we want to do. Here's the situation. What can we do to fix this? Now the player association is like, okay, now it's on. And, uh-huh. the, you know, because they haven't really had a true labor yeah. discussion because of all this stuff. I mean, because like, we always talked about how this, we, we didn't think there'd be a strike, but we've said for, ye- for the last couple of years that uh-huh. we thought this was going to be where the owners had to come. Right. come grovel a little bit because they've made so much money off the last TV deal, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah. I don't know. That's, that's kind of how I view this at least. Okay. That's a great analogy. I've never won a, an argument with my wife. Just for, no, no one has. That's it's, <clears throat> yeah. she's, my wife is very, um, <laughs> but you know what I mean though? Like, if no, you go, I told, I totally if you go, get If it. you go it's, to it's your amazing. wife and say, Hey, yeah. I want to be, you know, diplomatic and I want to uh-huh. be, productive about this and i love you and i want to fix this right yeah but then it ends up being a you know you're sleeping on the couch for a week because (laughs) it's because you just opened the wound you know man this is a this is your best analogy i think you've ever made uh yeah no i've every single my wife and i almost never fight but every single time we have some sort of argument within five minutes i'm like well I'm in the wrong. I didn't think I was, but I certainly am. I, you've, you've convinced me, and uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to fade into the background now. This was a, this was a, a poor decision on my part. Um, that's, a great, that's a great analogy. Yeah, look, I, we, you know, and our listeners know, 
from from what we said in the past. I am super pro player on this sort of stuff, and I think it is ridiculous that we continually demand that the talented millionaires uh, pick up the slack for the you know f- for the billionaires. I hate it. It's a, it's a just a, it's very stupid and obnoxious mm-hmm. and. The, it's not just the NBA owners or sport owners in general. I mean, it's, it's a whole, it's a whole weird thing that, that, that the, that the 1% have sold a good chunk of the 99% on that. We should just, <laughs> we, that, that the, for, for whatever reasons that, that the athletes who we are all paying to watch, that they are the ones who should just be happy with what the, with the money that they get and stop grumbling when we're totally fine with the billionaires being the ones that, that grumble and, and want more and more and more of it stuff. I mean, let's not even get into the, the, the racial side of all that stuff, but just from mm-hmm. a general standpoint, it, it boggles my mind. Um, and it feels like we, we have this discussion all the time. Um, and I don't think it's going to change by the way, cause I, I think no. this is, this is a thing that's going to be a focal point in probably every sport except for football over the next few years because football, I mean, they just have such a stranglehold on, on the players' union and, and the way that whole, that whole league is set up. I, I don't know. Maybe at some point even with, with the NFL. But regardless, um, I hate it. But I do think, I will say, you know, is there really that much of a difference between playing on Christmas Day versus playing on Martin Luther King Day? It's, it's three weeks. And, and if we're... If we're being really honest, the only teams that are super, and I won't even say affected, the only teams in which this is potentially a hardship on is the Lakers, the Heat, and then a little bit the Nuggets and the Celtics. I, and even those two, I'm just like, I mean, it's going to have been yeah. relatively close to a regular offseason for you guys. It's and just I feel the like Lakers that's where and the you Heat. You couldn't go to them and say, okay, which I know this is kind of a, this, this kind of defeats the purpose a little bit with, money and marketing and stuff but like that's where you can kind of go to the lakers and the the heat and just say we're not going to put you on the first week of games we're gonna Mm -hmm. we're gonna like we're gonna let you guys have a big season opening game rematch or whatever a week after the fact you know like like i feel like the like in this situation you could totally do that and get away with it you know yeah, or just or do do like, hey, look, Lakers, you're playing on you're playing on the 22nd, and you're playing on Christmas because we, you know, you you got to have the Lakers on Christmas. But then you're gonna get a night, you're gonna get a really soft schedule for the next two or three weeks. It's fine, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Like, and also, I hope that the player, if, if I'm gonna put stuff on the owners, which I totally am, then the then I also feel like you have to be fair and say. The players got to start paying attention to this stuff. Like, and and it was a real, it was very frustrating when um, we were in the, you know, when we when they were trying to decide whether or not we were we we're going to come back and do the bubble and all this sort of stuff, um, and Kyrie was trying to, you know, get everything taken down or whatever. It's the guys who are not the LeBrons and the Steph Curry's and the Kyrie Irving's and the dudes who are making, you know, thirty forty million dollars this season have got to start really paying attention and really engaging in the decisions that their union makes because it's 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 been way too long this has been a perpetual thing a perpetual problem i think i think modern athletes are so much savvier 
than the athletes that that we grew up with in the 90s and whatnot in terms of their money, in terms of their uh, lifestyles, in terms of their bodies, in terms of everything. They do such a better job than the athletes of the 80s and 90s and whatnot did. But this is one area where they still seem to lag behind, where it 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 feels like um, they kind of they let LeBron, they let Chris Paul, they let whoever speak for them more so than being vocal and saying, "Hey, you may be able to take a forty percent escrow pay cut, LeBron, because you make forty million dollars this year, and that is like a a fifth of what you're going to actually make on the year, given your endorsements and all this sort mm-hmm. of stuff." But I only make. Five million dollars. I can't have that. I can't. I can't let that be. And and more more than anything, we know that the owners are going to tear up the CBA if this if this game if this season doesn't get get started in a timely manner. It is going to happen. They are going to use this as the opportunity to say, "Cool, now we're going back to a CBA that only pays you 40 percent." of the revenue instead of 50, a 50, 50 split like we have right now, it is going to happen. And there's a certain point where you just have to say, yeah, it sucks for LeBron and Jimmy Butler and Anthony Davis and, and bam or whoever that they're going to have to be in training camp, like six weeks after their season ended. That super sucks. The greater good is the somewhere in the half a billion to $1.5 billion dollars that will be salvaged, that will be saved, that will be earned over, uh, you know, starting in January, excuse me, starting in Christmas versus starting in, in the middle of January. It just has to be done. I'm sorry. I know it stinks. This has to be done. There really isn't any way around it, in my opinion. Yeah. And now the report has come out, and I think this is kind of like the the bargaining chip, is that ESPN and TNT have apparently have, like, I don't, I don't know if threatened is the right word, but basically sure. have said that they may have to renegotiate contracts if mm-hmm. we don't get this going by Christmas. And that, that to me is like the final, like, okay, this has to get done. Like there's, there's no way that you guys can, cannot do this now because mm-hmm. if, if, if you're going to lose TV money, then you might as well just go ahead and yeah, you're hosed you know, piss, piss off yeah. China again. Cause that's, <laughs> that's basically, sure. that's, that's probably the one thing that might be worse than what they went through already with China. You know, and sure. And I mean, I don't know. Like the one other thing that's come out of this is like they're talking about adding another Jersey sponsor, which I hate. Right. I hate that so much. So sure. I'm, anything that can avoid that crap, like which that may be inevitable too. But, you know, I just it, this is one of those things where it's like, OK, it's one thing to posture when you're yeah. having a normal sure. labor agreement. Sure. This is not a normal labor agreement. And there are literally like. I mean, look at what the NFL and what the MLB is going through. They are literally firing like lower level employees day and night because they can't stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And you guys are staying afloat. But if you keep it up, this this is that's what's coming next. You know, so you guys aren't going to lose any, you know, lose your jobs. But there's your teams are going to take a hit if we're not careful. And Mm -hmm. so, yeah, no, like and and then, you know, fine, postpone it a year. And then mm-hmm. come back and slam the owners where they deserve, sure. you know, in a labor agreement. But yeah, now it seems not like the time for that. Yeah, totally. It seems like the escrow thing is going to get worked out. That was, I think, I even said it last week. Yeah, that was crazy. That, yeah. that original proposal was way crazy. Like, right. I, I, I can sure. understand why that upset them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and I, you would hope that they, you would hope that they understand. Like, okay, this is a negotiation. Obviously, that's they're going to come in with a ridiculous number to start, and then you counter and all this sort of stuff. Um, 
yeah, like to me, I, I think we even said last week, it's just, you got to You're just going to have to level out the escrow and, and the way that, that all this where you're going to have to spread it out or artificially inflate the cap, spread it out over a couple of seasons and just get back on track. The important part of all this is get back on track. You have to get back on track. You have to avoid the Olympics. If the Olympics happen, you have to avoid football. You have to prioritize your 2021, 2022 season as much as, as anything. And, um, to do that, you need to get to, you know, we're, we're playing, it looks like we're assuming that the players approve and we think that they will. You're talking about keeping the cap at about a hundred and nine hundred and ten million dollars. You're talking about playing 72 games. They're going to do some weird travel stuff. I think, I really do think they may go through with that. You're only playing, uh, against your own conference type stuff. Um, which sucks, but it's fine for a season, right? There's a lot of things that you can you can do for a season. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. I think two patches on a jersey sucks because it just gets you closer and closer to uh, soccer. Yeah. yeah, like where you, you don't even have a, a a team name on on the jersey. Is, I mean, the, the I WNBA hate. already has that pretty much. You you can't. Yeah. There's no no identifier. I don't really care about a jersey patch. That was such a big deal a few years ago. To me, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but, it's fine right now because they right. and this listen and we know that I am the big aesthetic uni shoe mm-hmm. guy and I've been against jersey ads for a while, but the way they handled it, I was like, okay, yeah, like that that makes sense and mm-hmm. like it's good that it's small, but you're right. If we go to the cuz WBA like I think the last time I watched the game, they legitimately have like two on the front that surrounds their number and they have one on the back underneath their number. And it's just like, that's like, and I know the WNBA is a totally different monster, but Mm -hmm. like, this is not, you know, if they add this now, then they're not going to take it off. Like it's going to, that's going to be permanent. You know, like that's once you, once you create that revenue stream, you're not going to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. But like, this might sound old of me, but like, I, I don't want to lose the sanctity of the jerseys that we've had for years. Other than the fact that if we do get Jersey ads, maybe the Mavs actually will have to redo their uniforms for once, you know, but, <laughs> but you know, it's just yeah. that, that kind of stuff I get, but I would rather them just get the season going and, sure. and avoid having to change much of anything. Sure. So, yeah, I think there's also going to be, there's going to be a change to, um, beyond the, the, the sneaker, <clears throat> no, sorry, not sneakers, uh, the Jersey patch and whatnot. It sounds like we're about to open up the advertising that's available to to the teams for like hard liquor and casinos and things like that. The advertising partnerships are going to change. They got to get that money. Um, and then the, I, I, I will give I'll give Simmons credit for this. And maybe it had been other places. I hadn't thought about expansion. Um, and, and he brought that up on the on the pod with Rosillo. And it kind of makes a lot of sense. Like, I, yeah, I when you t- when you idea. told me to listen to it. Because they talked about expansion, my first comment was in this climate, and then mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. and then I went and listened to it. And I was like, oh, okay, like yeah, that's that's that actually makes sense. Like <laughs> so, yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. So the concept, just you know, for our listeners, if you hadn't listened, to it, the the concept before the expansion is yeah, you're and you're totally right. I had that exact same thought. I was like, really, in this climate, that's a terrible, terrible idea. Um, but the the thought is. If you go to Seattle and you go to, to to either Las Vegas or Louisville, I think we can all accept that though the if there's any expansion, Seattle's number one. I think we all know that 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 is the thing that is most likely to happen. A second team, I think the the number two and number three spots right now on the on the NBA list are are Vegas and Louisville, and so whichever one you end up going, Vegas, I think you get more money for versus Louisville, but I don't know, I don't know. Well, who knows, but. 
regardless, the, the point being, okay, we're, we're going we're gonna to get teams in, in Seattle and, and Las Vegas, um, and we think that the Las, we, we think that will generate, let's say, $1.8 billion for the franchise fee for Seattle and, and maybe a little less than that for Vegas or Louisville or whatever. But the point being, we're going to find somewhere around $4 billion, $3.5 to $4 billion in revenue that uh, can help make up the loss for of what they had this year and the potential whatever loss they're going to have next year with not being able to have fans in the stands at least at the beginning and who knows we we may get fans in the stands for the playoffs I I don't know but regardless the gate revenue is going to be down this year having two teams come in on the expansion thing number one you generate that money number two at least from what Simmons said today and I I don't know maybe he was totally wrong. It had nothing to do with the 86 Celtics. Uh, you know, he may not be an expert on this, but I don't think that that goes to the players. I don't think they have to, to say, okay, we generated $4 billion in revenue now. $2 billion of it goes to the players and $2 billion to the owners. I think that's just like $4 billion in the, in the owners' pockets, which is a huge <laughs> – that's a huge deal. And the other thing, too, is it kind of kicks it down the, – the, the, it kind of kicks that can down the road a little bit because – saying, hey, we're doing expansion, you, you get a good chunk of that money up front, and then you really don't have to pay that off until, I mean, when do you think? Maybe 2022, 2023? That's, that might be the first season of those teams playing, maybe even the, mm-hmm. the year that follows and stuff. So it's like, it's an interesting way to generate revenue if they really want to go they, that and direction. And they've been kicking that idea around already. For sure. You know? it, I, I mean, think, look, I think expansion is going to happen at some point in the next let's say five to 10 years, this would be sort of an accelerated timeline on that, but there's just too much money out there on an expansion team, especially in a big, especially Seattle, especially Seattle. Um, because Seattle is ready to, to, to have a team again. They should have never lost their team to begin with. And so it's a big deal. And, and so I think it's coming, but that's, like I said, this would be an accelerated timeline, but that might be the thing where they just say, we need the money. So we're going to make it happen. Tillman Fertitta definitely needs the money, right? Like we gotta, we gotta get this going. Mm -hmm. So, all right, we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm very interested to see what we get on this tomorrow. What I heard today was that the players were going to vote on this tomorrow evening. So Thursday evening, we may get some some news on that and but though perhaps that may be uh, the next the next night or something so hopefully by next time we talk we will know what the season is going to look like all right let's play a little game called yes or no all right tobin i have i have i believe 15 names here on my list we don't have to talk about all of them in depth by any means but maybe some of them will go more on than the others yes or no will these players who are all i would say are all-stars, former all-stars, or like, you know, the next tier down type guys, let's say. Um, will these players, yes or no, will they be on their current team when the season begins? All right? And I'm going to throw every one of them to you. So let's start with an easy one, I think, because this came out today that this, is, this guy's definitely on the move. So we'll start with Drew Holiday. Yes or no, on the Pelicans when the season begins? I'm going to say no. I don't see any, like... There's two like they they officially put them on the block today according to all the sources and mm-hmm. it sounds like with the new coach um, Van Gundy probably wants to uh, see what kind of assets he can get for him and start building around the young team um, and he and his trade value is very high right now so mm-hmm. I I don't think think there's any way because it's it sounds like there's easily ten teams in on him uh, immediately sure. so I like if you're if you hold on to him and you know with that kind of heat it doesn't make any sense to me. 
I totally agree. Um, regardless of, we were just a little inside baseball. We were going to do this segment last week and then we ran a little bit long um, on our other segments as we are wont to do. And so last week we did not know for sure that Drew Holiday was on the block. I think now it's, it's very clear they're going to move on for that. And I think that's smart. I really like Drew Holiday. Drew, that's a guy that, that I have targeted for the Mavs for a long time. I'd really like to have him on my team. I do think that this is one of the guys, and I'll tell you, most of the guys that are on this list, I think are ultimately going to uh, be sold sort of under their value. Drew Holiday, to me, is one who, because, they're, because of his skill set and, and the, the things that he does on the floor and how well I think he can fit on, on just about any team, I think you actually are going to get higher value than he's really worth um, for a guy who... You know, isn't an all-star, isn't really a a a scorer on his, in his own right. Has some other things that are. I mean, he's a really really nice player, but he's not. I think you're going to get really high value for him because of how many teams are are interested. So, mm-hmm. I'm with you on that one. I think he's gone. Yes or no, Victor Oladipo on the Pacers. I'm gonna say, wait. Yes, he will be traded. Sorry, the yes or no kind of threw me off for a second. So, okay, will, so no, he will not be on the No, Pacers. he will not be okay. on the Pacers. Um, okay. I, I think that kind of the same thing. I, you know, you know what? I'll put a caveat with this one. I, I think that if he's not traded in the next month, he will be a for sure be a, a deadline trade, like in the middle okay. of the season. So, okay. Um, it, there's too many. There's again, I think this could, he could be like a, you know, a Drew Holiday second option like if you don't get holiday maybe you go for depot or vice versa maybe if you don't get depot you go for holiday that kind of thing so mm-hmm. um his contract is very tradable and you know what the chance of maybe possibly resigning him i do think mm-hmm. there will be teams out out there i don't know where i think that his market is very weird and i think that mm-hmm. his mm-hmm. his value is all over the place but um i just don't i don't see him being with the pacers next year okay i'll <laughs> say the same i think he gets traded um i think He's sort of the opposite to me of Holiday. He's he is somebody that I think you're going to get undervalue, maybe significantly undervalue, of what he can be. It's just a matter of is he that? I don't know. But you're right. His contract is oddly tradable for for being a guy who I mean, he, it's like a high value contract, but it's not impossible to move by any means, and and it's sort of the right salary slot to make things work with with teams that are trying to to do that. Um, so yeah, and and there's just been too much buzz there. I think Dallas is interested. I think Miami's interested. I think obviously we talked about Milwaukee last week or the week before. I think there's a lot of teams that for where he fits, and I think there's a sense of not necessarily like blood in the water, but like this guy probably wants out, and we think we can get him cheaper than what he would be uh, normally, or what other players of his caliber would be. Um, and so maybe that's worth the. Ch- I think that's worth the chance for a lot of teams. So mm-hmm. I'm with you on that. Uh, next up, Bradley Beal. Yes or no on the, on the Wizards at the beginning of the season? I say yes. I mm-hmm. don't, I don't think they're going to get a package good enough for him. Okay. And I think, I think that he deserves a high package and I, but I think that they, it's might not make sense. I think they overvalue him, mm-hmm. but also I don't think there's any teams out there right now that could put a good enough package that makes sense. Sure. I mean, like if the, you know. I know that the Mavs have been floated for him, and I know that the Nuggets have been floated for him. Mm-hmm. You know, if the Nuggets throw in Michael Porter or not willing to throw in Michael Porter Jr., then right. 
you know, that makes no sense. But I also don't think that that's necessarily a good trade either. Um, and, and they're not going to trade Jamal Murray for, you know, right. Bradley Bills. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yes, for the sense of they might be overvaluing him, but also probably it's probably the way they need to play this because he's not, you know, he's not going anywhere. Like, and, and they can mm-hmm. trade him at any sure. point, really. So um, I think you hit the nail on the head there. It's his value is really high. And it's almost impossible to find a trade partner for for him, for a team that can, A, that can put the money together, B, that has the assets to give, and C, that would, I mean, every team would be beneficial. I mean, every every team would benefit from having Bradley Beal on them. So, I mean, but that, like, would be, you're looking for a team that says, hey, if we get Bradley Beal, we can win a championship. Mm-hmm. And he's he's just, the next Paul George, in my opinion. Like he's the guy that, it, sure. let's say next off season is the big off season. Let I don't know who. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. let's let's say Giannis goes to you know or stays in Milwaukee, but he says mm-hmm. in order for me to stay here, you got to go get Bradley Bill. You know, like that's gonna be that's gonna be his future, in my right. opinion. Like sure. no, he, that's a good that's a good way to put I just, it. I, think, I feel like yeah. that's the way that that's gonna go down for him because like Washington Washington doesn't have to trade him right now. Uh-huh. Like in. And, you know, <laughs> I'm sure they'd rather trade John Wall, too. So if they can find oh, they would to- trade John Wall in a heartbeat if they could. <laughs> yeah. but they can't. They can't do it. There's yeah. no there's no way you can you can trade him. Um, I guess I guess my question is, if you're the Wizards, what are you really gaining from that if you're not getting a ton of assets? And right. I just don't see that deal right. out there right now. That's the thing. It's that, that that's exactly what I mean. It's it's really hard to find a trade partner for him that has the assets that that is, makes it worthwhile for Washington at least until he demands a trade. Once you demand a trade, then things, you know, we we'll see we see that all the time. You're you're much more likely to get uh 50 cents on the dollar once that, you know, once it's out, they're like I'm out of here. So you got to you got to get me gone. Um but, well, but and at that the might, moment, and that might be some of their motivation <clears throat> to get rid of him, I guess, because if they get sure. rid of him before he publicly Yes. pulls an Anthony Davis, then yes. they can get more for him. So, I mean, this it's, kind, is, of, it's yes. kind of a weird, like, you know, for sure. uh, landmine waiting to happen. So yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Now, I'm, I'm, on t- I'm on board with, I think that they should trade him if they can get the return for him, but I would also be holding out for maximum return value. It's just really, like I said, it's just hard to find a spot. that Like, would I mean, would Boston trade? Boston still has a lot of draft capital, but... Are they including? They're certainly not trading Jason Tatum. Would they include Jalen Brown in that deal? I don't really think so. And if you're not, if you're Washington, if you're not getting Jalen Brown in the deal, then it's probably not like, you know, Marcus yeah, Smart's a great player, but he doesn't do have any value to Washington compared to you know what I mean. So it's it's, yeah. it's it's hard to find. And then you look at like a team like Oklahoma City has all the draft capital in the world. But if Oklahoma City trades for Bradley Beal and then just sticks him next to to Shea, then like, is that team good? No, not really. I don't think and so. And you just traded all your stuff that you got yeah, from Westbrook. Yeah, so. I- I- exactly. So it's just, he's he's hard to find a a good trade partner for, despite the fact that that any team again now Denver to me remains the wild card on this because <laughs> I think it's insane not to trade. Michael Porter Jr. for for Bradley Beal. If that is the holdup, I think that's insane because I just don't think. I mean, you know how I feel about Michael Porter Jr. But to me, I don't, it's I don't like, necessarily think that that's the holdup either. Though I feel like 
that Washington probably said, we want Jamal Murray, and they were like, <laughs> you know, and well, so like... The, the big thing for Denver, to me, is they blew it um, this season because they had Paul Millsap's contract. And now it's going to be a lot harder to put the contracts together to get up to Bradley Beal with what they have mm-hmm. unless you give... Millsap, that kind of like uh, you know Jerry Stackhouse type, con- or who who was it that did this recently? The deal where you sign somebody knowing like, hey, we're giving you a ton of money because we're going to try to trade you. So just be you know be ready for that. Um, Iguodala wasn't that? Say that again. I'm sorry. Wasn't it Iguodala? Uh, maybe. Or- well, that was on the ex- that was on an extension. That's uh, right. Anyway, it doesn't. It, regardless, I maybe you pull that kind of thing off, but it's kind of hard to put the contracts together for Denver now, now that they don't have Millsap. But if the holdup is, is Porter Jr., then you should absolutely do that. I think it's insane not to do that. But, but we know where I stand on Porter. Okay, moving on. Uh, yes or no, still on the Sacramento Kings when the season begins, Buddy Heald? I would say no, but I'd have no clue what to expect from the Kings because we don't know what this new GM is like, and they're the Kings. So, like, sure. I just I don't really know what to expect. I, I think if, you know, I, I think if the, if Hill had his way, he wouldn't be there, obviously. Yes. Um, but I, again, there's in a weird way, there's so much out there that like, I mean, is, is Buddy Hill really going to get you, are you, are you really going to go get Buddy Hill for the same kind of return that you could possibly go get Oladipo? Like I'm going to go to Oladipo instead and not have to deal with the contract of Buddy Hill, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really know how to judge where he is in the market. So yeah, I think that's, I think that's another one of those. No, he will not, or yes, he will be on the Kings at the start of the season, but I could see him going somewhere in the middle of the season. I think the thing that complicates that is the Bogdanovich deal. Cause I, I just can't see Sacramento paying both of those guys somewhere in the $35 million range. Bogdanovich really kind of shit, you know, screwed himself over with the way he handled, you know, the end of the season. So like they, I think that they might be more willing to get rid of him. So yeah, he's the may, better maybe, player. Maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's the play. I, I mean, I think I'd rather have Bogdanovich. I think he has a more var- varied skill set. but I don't know. There's been so much smoke with, with Buddy Heald that I've kind of gotten to the, I, I'll say no, I think he gets traded. I have no idea where, I think there's a lot of potential suitors for him. And then it's just, I mean, because even like a team like the Knicks, I think would be that'd be a guy that they might throw some money at, you know, or throw mm-hmm. some try to get or throw some assets at or or whatever. And I would think the same for like Atlanta or someplace like that. So I just think I don't know. There's there's a lot of suitors for him. So I think he'll be gone. I might not say that if Bogdanovich wasn't a restricted mm-hmm. free agent. I think that really puts some pressure on, pressure on the situation. Uh, okay, yes or no? Still on the Sixers at the beginning of the season, Al Horford. Who, I think that the answer to that is probably going to be no, because I think that he's going to be some sort of trade filler okay. slash, you know, maybe third team trade idea. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They, I think that went so poorly. I guess it also depends on if Embiid is truly on the block, like for for Harden, mm-hmm. like some people right. want him to be. Um, if you get rid of Embiid, you can't really get rid of Horford, but. Right. Um, he he just did not gel there at all. Yeah. But it's it's also a horrible contract for a player who really mm-hmm. might be done. <laughs> so yeah. so sure. I don't unless you're just saying, hey, please take Al Horford, Knicks, and mm-hmm. we'll give mm-hmm. you you know a number one or whatever. So sure. 
I, I also will say no. I th- for, what I have heard in other podcasts and whatnot is that the the word around the league is there are enough guys out there saying he's not washed. It was just a terrible situation for him. Terrible. And I, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think he it was a t- terrible situation, and also he looked kind of washed. So I'm not sure I would take that. He bet, did look good in Boston the year before, though. He did. So, I mean, yeah, for sure, for sure. And His we thought game, he was washed before that. So I mean, there is some. Right, there might right. be some truth to that. That's true. He's just a guy that I would I would be very happy to pay ten million dollars to, not sure. twenty five or whatever. That's the thing. He's just he's he brings and you value. Still have three to more the court. years of that. So right. Oof, man. His deal is tough to move, but it's not impossible. Tobias Harris is impossible. I I believe is impossible to move without adding uh, real asset value to. It's just it's an impossible. Yeah. Deal. Um, to get out of. So, okay. All right. Um, CP three, yes or no on this, on the, uh, thunder at the end of the, or excuse me, the beginning of the season. I'm going to say no. I have a feeling that he's okay. probably going to be, I, I think that we're in, we're in for a, a pretty wild and quick off season. Mm-hmm. And I think that teams are going to be making moves to, to shake things up because of the way that this past year was, and they're going to have to move quick. So it's not going to be that, game of chicken like there usually is with trades and free agent signings. And I think it's going to move quick and it's going to be in, and, and, and when the dust settles, people are gonna be like, man, like there was a lot of movement mm-hmm. for no reason. So mm-hmm. I think that CB three will probably be either a Milwaukee buck or a New York Nick before the season starts <laughs> or a sixer. I think sixers are. Yeah, are I can see that or too. Lakers Lakers. I just don't, the, the Maury signing completely threw me off for, yeah. for the it's sixers. Cause deal. like, it, like now it's like, Listen, like I don't, <laughs> I did not love Maury, and I did not think that he always made the right decision. But he's uh-huh. not an idiot, like, and that's, sure. and that's the thing. He's not going to make a trade just to make a trade, you yeah. know. No, I, I think I, he was I, I forced totally into making a trade for for Westbrook, and that that mm-hmm. ended up costing him his job. Sure. So, I think they have like it doesn't it does them no good. I think to run it back next year in a more difficult West with CP3 on the team. Also running the risk that last year is an aberration. I have, I mean, it truly may be that changing to a plant-based diet has completely changed him and made him a healthier person and he's not going to get injured and all this sort of stuff. But I also am not sure that I would super bet on that given the history. And you may, you may look back at this, whether they move him or not, I think you may look back at it and say that was the peak value for him. And, you know, we got peak value or man really wish we would have made that move, you know, and, and moved him on for whatever it ends up being. And I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see, I'm, I'm less interested even in like, will, or will he move or not? Because I think it's a hundred percent. So, you know, like maybe I'll be in it. Maybe I'll look very stupid in a few, in a few weeks, but I think he is getting moved. I'm more interested in what is the valuation on that, on that move. I'm, I'm very interested to see what he goes for. So, mm-hmm. okay. We are in agreement on that. Uh, yes or no on the Golden State Warriors when the season begins, Andrew Wiggins. I'm going to say yes, but it's going to depend on the draft. I think if they end up taking, you know, Denny or LaMelo, that, that makes Wiggins less needed. And he's also a trade piece probably in some respects. Um, I mean, I hope not. I hope that he kind of gets to play with a full, you know, Golden State team. I think that might be the one place where he can like even live up to half the potential that he was going to be. And so, um, but yeah, I'm going to say yes. I do think he has some value in, in Golden State because he doesn't have to be the guy. 
and he doesn't have to be the number one pick. He can just be the he can be the guy that comes in and gets points. So I think that he will mm-hmm. probably stay. But like I said, I think that'll depend on who how the draft falls for them too. I think they want to see what he looks like there. I think Kerr is really <clears throat> intrigued by him and wants to see. And I totally get that. Like mm-hmm. obviously the the pedigree is there and whatnot. And you but just it, think, but if man. you're you know if you're Golden State. And you're Bob Bob Myers? Bob Myers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're Bob Myers and, and the Wizards call you and say, hey, we want your number two and Andrew Wiggins for Bradley Bill. Like, yeah, I you mean, do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, sure. you do that. Sure. And I think that that's definitely – I mean, I'm sure there will be more pieces in that as well. And mm-hmm. But I, I do think that that is a, po- a real possibility that, you know, there's been talks of a Wiggins for Bill swap. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that that's a different story. But, like, Wiggins is still a good basketball player, and he – like – he hasn't ever been had a chance to be this kind of basketball player. And I think you're, yeah. I think Kerr is right to think that there could be something there that people haven't tapped yet. And if there's sure. going to be a team that taps it, it's going to be them. I am in the camp that says Andrew Wiggins is never going to be, uh, is never going to provide enough to make his contract worthwhile. Sure. Um, I just think he's always going to be, but I do think that it is possible Although I think I'm a little more bearish on it than you are, but that's fine. I, I do think that it is possible that he could be a very quality rotation player, and and maybe playing with with Steph and Clay and whatnot uh, changes that for him. Because to me, I mean, there's some skill. There, there really are. I, I'm not sure there has ever been a, a guy in my memory who came into the league over hyped from a skill set standpoint like Wiggins was like we were all sold on like this dude is a is he does everything I mean he really you know we got some things he's got to figure out and blah 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 blah. but he's going to he's going to fill up the stat sheet he's going to provide instant defense and all this sort of stuff and he doesn't do any of those things he really (laughs) doesn't and so it's it's a lot of empty calories I I do think he's I don't know that he's ever going to reach the peak of like what we thought that he could be but I think he could potentially become a valuable rotation player or more than a, a valuable third guy, let's say on a Warriors team. If the effort and professionalism, uh, rubs off on, mm-hmm. him, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how that goes. Um, DeMar DeRozan, yes or no on the Spurs when the season begins? No, I think he's going to be part of a trade package in the draft. And, and and that's not an original thought. That's been sure. you know KOC had that a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. I've seen that more and more as the weeks have gone on. I I think that 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 the Spurs are smart enough to sell high on him, you sure. know, because he had a great year last year. Not that he won't have a good th- year this year, but you yeah. know, they're they're in a weird position of we have two two players that can contribute to winning teams, mm-hmm. and we don't really need to win right now. So yeah, and they don't play well together. I mean, as yeah. we said we said before you you. I think you can be a pretty decent team with DeRozan or with Aldridge, but not the two of them mm-hmm. together. They just it just doesn't work at this point. And I'm with you too. I think there's enough teams in the East, especially that really want to be the seventh, the eighth or seven or eight seed. <laughs> and DeRozan to me represents maybe the best value. Well, is value the right word? <sighs> DeRozan to me is the guy that that is like the easiest target to say he is available. The skill set that he that he brings to the table is such that it is it will immediately impact our ability to win forty two games. Mm-hmm. It probably doesn't do that to help us win fifty games, and it certainly doesn't do that to help us win 
55 or 60 games. But if our goal is we want to win 40 to 44 games in a normal year, I don't, I don't really, I guess that that would be more like 37 games or something in a 72 game season. But let's just, for the sake of my brain, let's keep it at, you know, the normal, uh, you know, if our goal is to win 42 ish games, then there may not be a better guy on the market that you can get for what you can probably get him for. I think so. I, I'm with you. I think he gets moved. I think that's a that's a good play. Yes or no on the Brooklyn Nets when the season begins? Karis Levert. Well, yeah, I gotta be honest. Did I miss something about him? Because like I don't I don't understand why they want to move him, like or why the like maybe I missed a, a news story or something because. I don't see why you would want to move him in this situation. Did I miss something? I can provide. I don't think that that uh, I don't think he 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 jives with Kyrie, and not that okay. I mean he's not unique in that. Um, no one no I'm one jives. With no Kyrie. one does. I mean, Jason Tatum almost got traded for that. Reason, <laughs> so, but I think the deal is. Here's my I mean, thought with Karis LeVert. I really like Karis LeVert. I also think he might be a good stats, bad team guy. I think sure. that might be his destiny. I think what he does on the floor, it's he, he doesn't. It's not selfish play, and it's really not even inefficiency. It's just when he is at his best, it's kind of it's just sort of one on one ISO scoring, and that's really hard to build a team around if you're not elite at that. And I don't think he's elite at that. And so I would say, I mean, I think the net should, should be, should are right to ask a lot in exchange for Karis Levert. But I think the fit there is not great for him. And that may ultimately be the thing is that it's not super easy to find a really good fit for him. Like for a while, we 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 we've heard the the thought of of Drew Holiday for Karis Levert. Karis Levert does not fit with Brandon Ingram no. and and Zion and the rest of that no. group at all. I think that's a, not a good. That would be a, a huge downgrade for, for the Pelicans. Yeah, so I think that's part <clears throat> of the problem. Is like they, I think they value him as, let's say, an A minus asset, and they're probably right to do so. But I wonder how many of the other twenty nine teams look at him in that same way and then that maybe jacks up your you know your your trade asset value Mm -hmm. so i don't know what do you think yes or no on him i'm gonna say yes he'll stay because i i just don't i I don't know like i I haven't heard seen anything or heard anything but Mm -hmm. you know also he kind of steps in whenever you know if katie can't come back or if you know kyrie can't you know, he, he can step in and get points yes. whenever one of those two guys goes out. So that's a great point to me. That might be the, the most, the biggest value that he provides at this point is insurance for two guys who, uh, I mean, KD's not like a huge injury no. guy, you know, but he but had, he's the never had an Achilles issue before. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know? And then the dude who, you know, misses time because he saw an episode of, friends on tbs that made him sad i mean it's yeah it's, you know you, you, you know always... and the other thing I, if i'm the nets like i don't i don't necessarily agree with this or think it should happen but i feel like dinwiddie is the person that you know you would be able to, to move better in that situation too so mm-hmm. sure yeah, i don't know sure yeah that's that's a that's a fair i don't know what the value is on him but yeah i'm i'm with you i i do 
to me, this might be the trickiest one on the list on as far as yes or no, because I think if he, if they get it right, I think he is definitely on the market. Let's put it that way. But I think they are looking for a particular deal that may not may not show itself mm-hmm. at the end of all this. So that one's a tough one. All right. Yes or no. A member of the Utah Jazz when the season begins, Rudy Gobert. I'm going to say yes. I think that he's too much of that, too much a part of that team. And it seems like him and Donovan Mitchell kind of played nice and did the whole, you know, we like each other thing whenever the bubble happens. So before Mm -hmm. the bubble, I would have probably taken the no on that. But I think now that they've, they played well in the bubble, they did well in the bubble in, you know, I, I don't really know what his value would be, so I, I have a feeling that he probably will still be on the Jazz. I am also going to say yes, but I think it is exclusively because I don't know who you trade him to. And yeah, I just think there is a really small market for centers who play the way that he does and also will be up for the Supermax <laughs> next season. I just, I don't know how you, you give Rudy Gobert the Supermax. I just, I can't, I can't get my head around that. And so uh, my guess is that Utah would be really happy to move him, but they have to get good value in return and what team is offering that, you know? It's, yeah. it's really hard to find that. Like on that same podcast we referenced earlier, Simmons threw out uh, Gobert and... I can't remember what pick they have in the draft, like 24 maybe, something like that, for Clint Capella and the number six pick. And I thought, in this, in this, at the same time, that's undervalued in a lot of ways, but also that might be the best kind of deal that they could get because then you have your you have your role man and your de- your defensive guy who's not – obviously Capella's not anywhere near as good as Gobert is as a, as a defender, but it might be a reasonable – facsimile of that and you pay him 15 million instead of 30 million and mm-hmm. you know move up in the draft and maybe they like somebody to talk i don't i don't know but that it's just yeah because if you if you trade for gobert and you aren't already playing his style of game mm-hmm. especially offensively you're gonna have to change everything or else you're just basically rewriting how your team's gonna play sure, sure. and so no like you have to be yeah. already playing and there's not very many teams that utilize a center like gobert right now so Exactly. Exactly. And they want to pay him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that too. That's, like, that's I mean, it's, reason. yeah, I mean, will he get you a couple of defensive trophies? Yeah. Sure. But what is that really good? You know, that hasn't sure. done much for the jazz. So sure. No, no, no question. And, and man, I keep seeing Dallas thrown out as a destination for him. And I'm not going to say, sit here and say there is a 0% chance Dallas does that. Cause sometimes teams we like do stupid things. I don't know if I was Dallas, there is no flipping chance that I would, that I would, I would take on Rudy Gobert for free right now, honestly, knowing that I then have to pay him what I'm going to have to pay him. That's a terrible fit. I mean, it's an expiring deal, so that's like sure, one, that's fair. That's one fair. thing. Because like, if you if you come to me and say, "Hey, we'll give you Rudy Gobert for Tim Hardaway," I'm like, "Oh, okay." I mean, like, I don't love that, but I don't like, know that I but would. I'm but not I sure I would do that, but sure. it's not really doing anything other than you know, if you if you got somebody to replace Hardaway's production, then that okay, yeah, that gives right, you a that, right. you know, but that's. That's the, you know, that's a big if. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I, like, like I said, it's not that bad of a, of a deal to take on, but I, you know, you have to know that you're not re-signing him and that he could also be a humongous trade chip in the, sure. you know, deadline too. Sure. 
Yeah, that's fair. Okay, I got a couple more, and then I think we probably end up doing. We'll, we'll push Okongu, excuse me, Okongu for uh, his own episode here uh, that'll come out tomorrow. So be on the lookout for that. I know I tease it at the top, but we'll we'll break it into his own episode so we can keep this to around an hour ish. A couple more, real fast. Zach Levine, yes or no? Chicago Bull at the beginning of the season. I'm gonna say no because okay. I think they're gonna I think they're gonna draft somebody that's going to take the ball out of his hands. Okay, and I think that he also his value is high enough right now where you can, you can justify saying, Hey, we're going to trade Levine for, you know, this package. And then we're going to draft Killian Hayes and let Killian Hayes just have the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that, that Enix, you know, with a new leadership and new GM there, like that to me makes a lot of sense because then you could just say, you know, we just traded Zach Levine for a two, a number one, a future number one. And, this player, you know, and like, I, and I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know what team it would be. And I off the top of my head, but I feel like that, that makes this, you know, cause if you, and even if you get LaMelo, like, listen, I don't think this is a good idea, but if you get LaMelo ball, like it, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. again goes into what we talked about. When we talked about LaMelo ball was what do you do with him next to Levine? Does he fit with Levine? And I, and you know, so if you, if you draft a guy that's going to take, that's going to be a bad fit or going to take the ball away from him, then, you know, at that mm-hmm. point you might as well just trade him. I will say that everything you said makes total sense, but also that I don't think they're going to do that. I think okay. I say he will be a bull when the season begins, but my thought process is kind of exactly what you said. If I was running the Bulls, I would strip this down. I would say we are not in year three of our rebuild. We are in year zero of our, of our rebuild. <clears throat> and what that means is Zach Levine, I think I can... I think what he brings to the table is a is number one. He has a valuable skill set. Um, number two, there were a lot of like analytics nerds that kind of liked what Levine did last year and sort of mm-hmm. didn't quite pay attention to like the intangible stuff. I think maybe um, that that you deal with 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 Levine. And I also will say this: I think Levine is better if he gets traded to a team that has established stars who say you better get in line and, and you know, I'm in charge around here, bring what, do what you do on the court, but I'm the guy on this team. And I think he's in a better spot that if I was running the bulls, I would trade Zach Levine. I would trade uh auto Porter. I would potentially trade Wendell Carter, who I really dig. I really like Wendell Carter and they've, they've never, they've used him horribly over the first two years of his career. But I might do, try to do what the bulls did in 2001 when they traded, uh, Elton brand for, for the number two pick and took Tyson Chandler and, and Eddie Curry. I might try to do something like that. I might throw out, Hey, can I, you know, get, I was there... just thinking about that. Like, what if you, if you went to the Hawks and said, Hey, we'll give you Zach Levine for DeAndre Hunter in the number six, you yeah. know, and then and then you have the no wait they already had the number six. No, no, wait, no the Hawks oh, sorry. have six. Yeah, yeah. the Hawks Bulls have, have six. So then you yeah. have the four and six uh-huh. pick, which yeah. which listen, you know, that's not a great draft, but if you if you're telling me that you can go get you know Killian Hayes and I don't know Ty, Tyrese Halliburton or yeah, you know Obi Toppin maybe yeah. yeah Obi Toppin somebody like mm-hmm. at least and be terrible next year too yeah and get, get a, a and top at least you're pick. stacking yeah. assets and then if, yeah and you, if you get a top pick next year you have three lottery picks on top of the fact that you, like you said you could either trade Porter or you know for more or you could mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. see if maybe Markin and, and Wendell Carter with a new coach can be 
what we thought they were going to be. But, you know, like if I'm the Hawks, I'm not, I'm not sure I say no to that. You know, like mm-hmm. you, uh, you like even like money wise, Clint Capella works in that, you know, and if you wanted to, to as the bulls, if you want to say, we'll take Clint Capella, Deandre Hunter in the number six mm-hmm. for Zach Levine, I'm sure they could probably get a better deal than that, but you know, maybe not. No, I'm totally with you. I, that's what I would do. I would, I would, I would strip it down to the, to the bare bones. I would rather, I would much prefer, much prefer to be the worst team in the East or, you know, a bottom three team in the East next year with some young talent that I'm developing. And I think that's why you hire Billy Donovan in the first place. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to, to me, hire Billy Donovan, trade all these veteran guys and and any of the other guys that you don't feel like are going to fit your, your, uh, you know, your rebuilt team long-term and just let's start it. Let's start it over and, and, and show that you have direction because I think that's what Bulls fans want more than, more than I mean, look, you get a Bulls fan, they'll tell you. Obviously, you want to be a you know a good playoff team, but I think, I think Bulls fans, the thing for them is just like, can you show me that you know what you're doing? Can you show competence? Can you can you show how you are going to build this out? I don't think it's I don't want to be the eight seed in 2021. I want to be the three seed in 2023 or 24 or something like that. You know, that's that's a better. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a better plan, but but I am I don't know I don't know that that's going to happen, but that's what I do. Um, I got like maybe three more for you. Yes or no on the Detroit Pistons when the season begins, Blake Griffin. I mean, yes, because his contract is horrible. Yeah, like I don't know, I I still think he still has what three years left on something it, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I just don't see any like would they like to trade him? Sure, they would, but I don't see any world where you know unless someone is just saying hey you know, we're, we're willing to take this money. Like, I mean, okay, he's got two years left on it. So sure. still not, still not great, but it's 37 million this year. I mean, that's gosh. Yeah. It's terrible. It's rough. 37 rough. million this year and 39 million next year. That's, that's massive. Like the only team I think that you could even call and be like, what do you think would be like <laughs> if the wizards were like, you want to swap bad deals, mm-hmm. and then they and then they send John Wall to you, yeah. or Westbrook, which that maybe. actually makes Houston, somewhat of, yeah. that actually makes somewhat of a sense, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. John Wall has three years yeah. left on his deal, so it's brutal. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, I think Houston maybe makes some sense for Detroit. You said you said he will be a piston. I'll say no just to be different, but I don't I don't have a great solution for what you do with that. I just. From what man, if he's healthy, that's great. Oh, yeah, in for sure. Houston. That would be a lot of sure. fun in Houston. But yeah. but you know, that's can you risk that? if he's healthy is a sentence that is is almost like com- right. exclusively tagged right. to Blake Griffin. You're looking so. you're looking for a very specific team that a <clears throat> has the money that they're willing to give up and and that you find attractive enough to let it you know to to deal with whatever that comes with, and that B is either confident in. Blake Griffin's health with their organization or and or is desperate enough to, you know, to take that chance. So, you know, Houston kind of fits some of those, you know, kind of checks off some of those boxes. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. We'll see. All right. Two guys I saved for last because they were they're sort of tangentially uh, attached to our team or have been in the in the rumor mill a little bit. Yes or no on the Orlando Magic at the beginning of the season, Aaron Gordon. I don't know, man, because I still like we've said this multiple times in, you know, in real life and multiple times on the show of I have no clue how to value him. 
I mm-hmm. and I feel like every year it's like the Magic are going to trade Aaron Gordon and then they end up keeping him. Like every year at the deadline and every year in the offseason, mm-hmm. he see his name seems to pop up and they always say like we're going to go we're going to go a different route. We have this, you know, we have Jonathan Isaac and yeah. I think Jonathan Isaac going down in the bubble will definitely play into this too. Like cuz it could either be hey, we're going to we're going to tank, you know, mm-hmm. and run bomb out there for 40 minutes a game <laughs> or Hey, we need Aaron Gordon because we don't have Jonathan Isaac. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't know which way they're gonna go. So, you know, if I had to choose, I'm probably gonna say yes. He's still on the Magic. Okay. I'm gonna take the no. I don't know where he ends up. This is a guy that that you and I both have been kind of obsessed with over the last few years. I just, I love his skill set so much, and I, I want to know how much of it of not at all reaching the potential that I think he has. I want to know how much of it is because, by the way, I am very quick to give up on guys like this is the type of player that I would have for sure given up on in most cases by this point. He's in his like, what, seventh season in the league? I mean, Mm -hmm. I want to know how much of it is the fit, which has never been good in Orlando. He's never played with the team. Never been good. Never. And they continually draft people that plays in. Yes. That that ruins his game. Yes. I I totally agree. Like, I want to know how much of it is that. I want to know how much of it is he's just not as good as I think he is or or potentially could be. And I want to know how much of it is role acceptance and not doing what he needs to do um, to be the best of what he can be. And and I See, and that's the thing, he doesn't strike me as that kind of player. I really legitimately think it's yeah, bad coaching, bad drafting. And so like that's that's why I think we've been obsessed with him for years because I feel like if he goes to the right team and he's like I feel like they're going to unlock something in him that we ha- haven't seen before and it may not be the superstar player that we sure yeah he he's could not be that, but, but but yeah but gosh i mean he's he's so talented and he's so athletic like there's there's something there that can be tapped if he's on the right team i just think the the game needs to be simplified for him and it, it's so tantalizing to me to to figure out a team and he might just be a guy that needs a, a change of scenery to let that sink in it's hard to it is hard to be like a top four pick and then, you know, however many years later you're still on that team and it's not really your team and, you know, things have not gone the way that you, you know, you expected them to go. Sometimes just getting traded is enough to like sort of bring that home of like, okay, I got to mm-hmm. do what I got to do at this point. Sure. I don't know. I think it was, a, I think it was Zach Lowe's podcast. I, I think it was him who was saying that that he was getting the vibe that Orlando was frustrated with him, not just that he was frustrated with, with Orlando. And so if that's the case, then I think, A, the price goes down, but then B, you know, is he worth it to whoever trades for him, um, whether it's, you know, whether it's Dallas or anyone else. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what other teams are, are out there pining for, for Aaron Gordon. But I know I have been for the last like couple of years, so I don't know, man. I I'm gonna say that he gets traded uh, for for, but it, it's it's again, it's almost it's almost impossible to, uh, mm-hmm. to you know to to value what he brings to the table. All right, last guy, I saved him for last because he was mentioned today in connection with with Dallas, and not in any sort of official way, but just as like a kind of. In passing, like is this is this the type of guy that that the, the Dallas could be looking at? That's Gordon Hayward. Yes or no? A member of the Boston Celtics when the season begins? 
I'm going to say no. I think that they have they have too many scenarios in the air where they can make their team better through the draft or through a massive trade. And I think that in order to do this, Hayward is going to have to, he's probably going to be a, you know, a casualty of that. Plus he's a very tradable player with the way his contract is lined Mm -hmm. up. And especially the fact that he can opt in and make a ton of money and then just be a rental player, basically, Mm -hmm. you know, with whoever, wherever he goes. I don't know if the match or if the Mavs are the right fit for him or the, or the, the place where he'll end up. Mm-hmm. But I do think that he definitely will be, you know, elsewhere because, you know, it's just, it doesn't make much sense for them to keep him around if he's just going to be, you know, making $34 million on hurt. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think he is maybe the, I'm looking at maybe besides holiday and CP three, he's the most likely to be, to be moved before the season starts. Um, I just think he's, a, he, you know, he's kind of a casualty to what that team has built. And I think he, you know, I mentioned the, the change of scenery with Gordon. I mean, Hayward really, I think would really needs a change of scenery at this point. I think he's got to feel, he's got to feel a bit snake bit, you know, with the way mm-hmm. that this has gone. And look, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's ever going to be healthy again, it's just a perpetual string of injuries with him, and it super mm-hmm. sucks because he's such a good player um, when he's able to be on the floor. And he just he does so many of the things that all 30 teams need. Um, he's just he, he checks off a lot of boxes, and he does a lot of them very well. It's just, can you, be, can you stay healthy? And does he, you know, at this point, you'd have to say, I don't know that he fits... I don't know that he really fits exactly what Boston needs because they just have, you know, they have really good wings and spades. And so what they really need is maybe a little bit more shooting, but also some size and whatnot. So, I mean, I think they really Mm -hmm. covet Miles Turner. And I do think that there's some, some chance of, of that being the connection that, that makes a little bit of sense to me on both sides of it. Um, but you're right. Like the fact that he's a one year, he's only got one year left on his deal. Assuming that he opts in, is a huge part of of all of this because I don't know that you can trade for Gordon Hayward. You certainly can't trade for him if he has two years at thirty to thirty five million dollars, like he has now. You know what I mean? But even if it's two years at like twenty twenty five million, can you do that? I don't know because you know he misses a ton of time. Uh, it, it's a it's mm-hmm. a tough deal. But as a one year deal. You, you know, you're right. You can, if it doesn't work out, if he plays 20 games and just is, you know, not, not the, not the guy that you, that you need, you can walk away from it. And it's, it's not that big of a deal. That is why I like him as a Mavs target. Number one, because he fits, he fits Luca. He fits with Luca and KP really, really well. He fits better than, than Hardaway does. So I like that, that idea. It's just the injury thing. You can't, to me, you can't really build around, KP and Hayward with the money that you're going to have to pay them, um, given their injury history. But mm-hmm. as you know, looking at it as a one year deal and assuming that in a trade like that, you are sending out as part of the package, either Powell or DeLon Wright, or maybe both, I don't know, then, then that sort of serves dual purposes of a clear space for the Giannis hunt, uh, next summer. Um, so I'm very interested to see what ends up happening with him. I, that's a player that I really like, and as a guy that I think, again, he can provide real help to to any team that he goes to. It's just, it just sucks with the injuries, and you know, 
can you trust that moving forward? So, mm-hmm. all right, dude. Um, like I mentioned, we're going to, uh, we'll come back, uh, tomorrow with our bonus episode, doing some scouting on, uh, a Kongu. Um, but we'll wrap it up here as we're over our time as always. That's a, that's our motto. We will go over the time that we are allotted no matter how much time we allot ourselves. So, Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, but also, tell a friend. Bring your basketball buddies around to listen to this podcast. Helps us so much to carve out a uh, space in this very cramped podcast market. And leave us a five-star rating and a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spotify, Spotify wherever you listen to uh, podcasts. And in that review, tell us the most obscure or random NBA jersey that you own or have owned in the past. And we'd like to read those out at the end of the show. We'll be back tomorrow with our scout episode and then next week with more hot NBA talk. And uh, next week, Tobin, I think we'll go in-depth on the draft and uh, some of the players who are likely to go outside of the top 8 to 10, stuff like that. So be on the lookout for that. Thanks so much for being here. Until then, stay hard, Ronnie Rogers.